back folks it is me your boy jag also known as fantasy blue chip on the internet with me is real mr mallard also known as andrew LaDuke. and then with me is our vassal chuck bass host of this guy sucks oh by the way i almost forget to plug your show andrew because uh golf <laughs> is a foreign uh thing for me but if, you if, if you're hanging, into that you it is different. It's you're telling you know, me you don't know what's going on with the john deere classic this weekend Right outside Chicago. Bro, I don't even know. Oh, in Illinois. <laughs> Bro, I, yeah, I, I'm so hungover right now that I don't even comprehend <laughs> where I'm at right now. So it's just like, like I don't know what classic is on. You know, it could be Husqvarna. It could be John Deere. You know, you pick your poison. I'm barely alive. But uh, as you guys can see, uh, our, our fourth horseman, Justin, is not here. He's on the, the other TSS show. Um, he'll be joining us soon, saving. hopefully, maybe. Yeah, he's he, like Jesus is busy, guys. Like he can't always be here. So. Spreading the gospel. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, so uh, we're going to uh, move forward. And um, we have big announcement, guys. Um, we are launching the Dynasty Cup. And what that is, is you've heard of Scott Fish. We want to do that for Dynasty and like – do a little bit less charity and more just about just pure. Are you the best? Uh, you know, like, like, will we like, is there opportunity to charity for sure? But this is like pure arrogance ego. Like we're dynasty folks, guys. Like, like we, we, we quote tweet a thread with like, can you imagine, you know, like, like we're, we're petty folks. And I want to give you the opportunity to show how good you are within tournament format. Um, We'll be dropping details soon, so make sure that you like us on on Twitter. Uh, Chuck, thank you for hustling hard on Twitter for us, but we'll we'll have announcements there. Follow all of us on Twitter, and, and we'll keep you updated. If you are a creator out there and you want in on this, hit me up. We'll eventually get out to the public, but we want to make sure that this is uh, something that grows slowly, steadily, and um, w- without ending up being a Netflix documentary about how we swindled you out of money. So um, <laughs> moving forward to news and nonsense. Uh, there is no news, guys. Like, I'm on Twitter right now, and PFF Fantasy Football, like, the tweet is, is Derrick Henry the best running back in the NFL? That, that's mm. where we're at. You know? <laughs> the, uh, please tell me that it's not, like, pure rusher. He's the, uh, I'm gonna, that's like the part of the year we're in right now. Some, some, yeah. so-and-so is the best pure runner in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, like what can trigger some other fan base of something, yeah. you know, it's just, or, or like an obvious answer, you know, like, like it's Tom Brady, one of the greatest of all time. I'm like, are we doing that? <laughs> Dude, Tom Brady coming back has got to be a headline soon. It's we're so desperate for news that I'm sure we get one of those every three weeks of him like throwing a ball on a yacht and hitting a drone. I'm sure we're like two weeks out from him, like uh, I don't know, on an elliptical uh, in like the Dolphin Stadium. Just some shenanigans are afoot. Well, if he came back to the Patriots, he could be throwing to just yeah, as anytime, equal receivers. Anytime like Tom Mr. Brady Beast. tosses even like a goose. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say, even if he like tosses a juice box to his kid, they're like, "Is Tom Brady game ready?" You know, or just like, "Still ready. got it." We're, like, we're so ready. <laughs> he still got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look at those moves. 
uh, August is close, guys. But uh, we do have one piece of, I guess it's fantasy-relevant news. We're going to chug on past it really quick. Uh, Devontae Parker got extended for three years. It's mainly in incentives, and it's not real. Um, he's still going to be a thing if that matters. I don't want him on my team um, at all. Um, do you guys have anything to say, or can we move on to the meets? <laughs> this was more um, so bigger news yeah. because a lot of people thought that Parker getting signed meant they were giving up on D Hop. I don't think that's the case. We'll see. Yeah, and they can just like cut him. You know, they're like, "Oh, D Hop, you want to come?" <laughs> like, sorry, Devonte Parker. You know, want want sad yeah. face. This, yeah. this, I mean, it could it could affect though. It could affect you know, if anybody is banking on a Taekwon Thornton dynasty play for in the next couple of years. Um, you know, if D Hop does come and that then pushes. Parker down to the number three. Like, what does that mean for someone like Thor? And that's the only way it can really affect. Yeah, here. the Patriots are that team in the league right now. They're like your dynasty, that dynasty guy that like hoards all the like shitty tight ends that nobody really wants, but might have upside if there's an injury. They're taking all the wide receivers that would serve nothing but cause us slight inconvenience if they were to sign with another team. But we know they have no value in New England, so it's like out of sight, out of mind. Run it. You guys do whatever the hell it is you're doing. Stay away from my Rondre and just, just keep up the good fight. And I think we can probably all agree on that in some form. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's like I said, I, I don't think. And they said you're, you're with two Pats fans. Like, I think that's that, that was some good nutshell in there. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I always forget um, so that you're a Pats fan, Jagger, because you never say – I just – I feel like I never hear you say anything positive about them. Andrew's also not entirely the most optimistic guy, but he does chime in with some, like, long-term stuff. You just don't – your fandom does not shine through. Um, I just – I don't know, man. I, I'm just a rational guy. I get like in a, I, it, it, it's our, and to be honest, man, it's, it's totally this game that we play. Like, like in fantasy analysis now, mm. I am like a shell of a human. I'm like, like, a, uh, what's his name? Patrick Bateman. You know, when he's just like, I'm barely a person. I'm barely a fan anymore because like, I'm so deep in the trenches of this game now. Like, like it's kind of like, I get you it. You're on to Cincinnati. You've been watching Belichick for too long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> like it shit's bad. It shit's bad yeah. in Foxborough right now. And we, you know, we, we uh, yeah, we we paid the Faustian. Um, we paid the the Faustian bargain. You know, we got six mm. rings, and um, we'll talk more if we can get any rings in the future later. <laughs> um, with that being said. Well, I'll just stick with the Pats theme so we can just chug on through um, headlines that we actually want. So here's me being a Pats fan. That was a perfect subway check. I want D hop to the Pats. I want it. I need it. I just, I need them to do the right thing. Like try to win games. Like I, I'm tired of speaking of like PFF fantasy. I'm tired of seeing them like Mac Jones is a receiving core. And it's like Tyquan Thornton is cut into to an image. You know, we're paying graphics the people to cut in Tyquan Thornton. And I really, I really hope someone, I hope Fantasy Receipts clips me later how much of an asshole that I sound. Because again, I'm a Patsman. <laughs> I want him to succeed. I want him to do well, but he probably won't. He, he probably mm. won't do well. Um, so that's mine. I know we're all tired of hearing it. And I know, Chuck, let's start with you. This would be worst case scenario for you because you don't like the Pats, you know, like 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 that would just like would you would you still want D Hop? Would that exact would that excite you? Look, I like the Patriots now that they suck, and that's in a crucial element for almost any sports team is when they no longer are, you know, the uh, the the Empire, you know, like in Star Wars. Like once they finally lost and they're rebuilding, I can full I can swing my weight all the way to them. I mean, like, we've all talked about and speculated the whole Hopkins thing, but, I mean, I, I've been very clear on this from day one. I think that he is going to have, like, a Larry Fitzgerald, Terrell Owens, well into his 30s type, you know, career where he's going to be extremely productive. And I think the Patriots are as good of any organization at actually utilizing elite skill players. Uh, they've proved They have a proven track record of doing that. Bill O'Brien, I mean, he's already worked with, you know, Hopkins before some of his best seasons, if not his best. 
So, um, you know, all the Mac Jones stuff is fun. He's the easiest target in the league for me, but um, I'm sure as hell cop, um, confident in his ability to, you know, overly stimulate, you know, Hopkins fantasy value with target after target. So, I mean, I, I don't think that one gets old to me. That is the fit. It does make too much sense mm-hmm. for everything that for everything the Patriots saying they wanted to do publicly coming from the organization that they're putting out there to the fans, to, you know, to try to keep the fans interested in selling. Like it makes too much sense for them to make that move. What, what's interesting to me is how it all plays into um, the Dalvin Cook comments about Cook wanting to play with D Hop. They almost had the feel. The comments almost had the feel that they had, the two of them had talked um, and 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 draw you know brought up this idea of playing together and that they might be looking for it together. I'm not sure the Patriots have the not that they don't have the money. I don't I'm not sure if they're willing to spend the money on on both of those guys. And if that would be enough of a reason for D Hop to to not go there and go somewhere if Cook was going somewhere else that he could play with them. Mm-hmm. But I would like to see it. Yeah. I'm not sure we have Jagger. Uh, yeah, I think, his, um, I think his internet's hung over too. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> um, I, it's not it's not that bad this week, guys. Uh, so no, it's, it's so not, that we can hear it's you. Not you terrible. It's terrible. Like, You're with us. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Cool. Uh, so Chuck, I'll let you have your headline next, uh, since like that. That's enough Patriots talk. Even I, I'm over it at this point. So. <laughs> so your headline, your headline was a little bit more realistic. Mine, or you, you know, yours might come on ESPN. You're gonna find mine in the National Enquirer. My headline is: Sean Payton says that Russell Wilson is like a combination of Drew Brees, Fergie, and Jesus. And um, what I mean by that is that, like, I want to see. We all know it all makes sense. These parts fit, right? I think that the Broncos' offense can be greater than the sum of its parts. Um, I still think Russell Wilson, you know, it can be an above average quarterback under the right guidance and under an adult offense. Uh, and I mean, the biggest part of all this is Sean Payton, you know, he, and we all know he's his track record is historic, but like, you know, people think, even if you think that Russell Wilson has lost it, right? Like he's no longer this top eight quarterback, whatever you might've thought he might've been in your rankings. He certainly should have been no lower than top 12 at any given point in time. Sean Payton went 5-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater in 2019, 3-1 with Taysom Hill in 2020, 5-2 with Jameis in 2021, and then in the same season, 4-1 and with Taysom Hill. Like This guy's going to win games. Russell Wilson could be – he would have to be the worst quarterback in the league for this entire offense to fall off. And the reason that this was my headline is because how much – how many components I think hinge upon this marriage working out and working out quickly, right? Judy, Sutton, Mims. Um, Dolchich, Javante Williams, Samaje P. Ryan. We're talking about a lot of viable parts that have a nice opportunity to be competing assets for us in the short term and in the long term. So I just want to see that this is, you know, we're not getting early red flags, you know, like first date, terrible red flags, like the guy, um, the guy's ex-girlfriend showed up or something. <laughs> like it's fucking good stuff. Hi, Dave. Um, and for Dave, who just Dave. joined us, we're talking. We're talking about. Um, we're talking about if Russell Wilson could be a combination of uh, Drew Brees, Fergie, and Jesus. And um, yes, this is a. Uh, he is. The <laughs> <best movie. laughs> oh, well, if he's the worst. Look, I'm not saying that he can't be. I'm not saying he's not either. I don't want to. I'm just saying I want to know if he is or not. <laughs> I want to know right now because a lot is hinging on it. That's a hilarious comment, hey, Andrew. I'll let, I'll let you. I'll let you take this one because I'm actually going to be a little bit more positive about this. I think so. Good. Uh, oh, good because I'm not. Uh, because I, uh, we just. I love Sean Payton. I think the the future of Sean Payton with this team is going to be with a different quarterback. And I think this is the year that that proves that to him. I think uh, this feels like it's Sean Payton trying to do the best with what he's been given, and what I mean by that is that the franchise most likely told him we spend a lot of money on this guy uh we want to see what you can do with him now so don't go changing things just yet uh so i think we got to see what sean payton can do with russell wilson i'm not saying it's impossible because like you said russell uh sean payton's a fantastic coach one of the best Mm -hmm. um in the last 20 years uh easily uh so i think he can probably if anyone's going to get anything out of russell wilson i think it's him 
I, I think Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson has to buy in, and that's the problem I see. I'm not sure Russell Wilson's going to buy in. And I want to know which part of the statement Fergie or Jesus is the part of Wilson that has however many bathrooms he has in his house. Uh, that's what <laughs> I want to know. Well, it's really tough, right? Because, you know, they invited the entire team to come out to his birthday party, Sierra's birthday party, and, like, not hardly any of them came. But it's like, yep. dude, a, a Hollywood, a party at a rich mansion in denver with 11 bathrooms to hide in if you think things are awkward like you could have gone and sat on your phone and like i don't know gambled you know you can't gamble at the team facility so you could have <laughs> you could have gone and played underdog uh, promo code tss dynasty and just like completely started just racking it in um yeah man i don't know so walk me through this because you said something that i think is like an actual narrative and i'm curious people's thoughts on it I don't think that there's any chance that Russell Wilson doesn't play every game barring injury unless he is actually the worst quarterback in the league. Like, do you think that, you know, would they have to have an incredibly porous record with awful passing stats for them to turn to Stidham? Or, you know, you think they're going to let him play the season out, right? I think they're going to let him play the season out because you already said the reason why, and it's two short words and Jared Stidham. They're not, not, it's nothing's going to be Doesn't, better with him. Yeah. Russell Wilson might be the worst quarterback in the league, but mm-hmm. Stidham's definitely not better. Yeah. So we, we know what Jared Stidham is at this point. He's had his chances. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and every time he gets his chances, he, he chokes within three passes. So, no, I think, I think the franchise, I think between that and I, I do think that uh, the Denver Broncos themselves are saying we need to, we need to see what we can get out of this investment. And I think they, they're so, going to stick to that. And that's the right move to make, right? They've obviously committed a tremendous amount of money. So who do you think is the most valuable asset on the team going forward in the dynasty perspective? You know, if you were to have your pick of the litter, obviously at ADP, of course, but, you know, who are you looking at that's, uh, that's you know, has that spark for you? Uh, it's, it's still going to be Jerry Judy for me because I feel like if they do end up turning this team around, um, I think Jerry Judy is someone that, is versatile enough that Sean Payton would want to mm-hmm. focus the offense around. Uh, I mm-hmm. could see Cortland Sutton being a piece that, you know, say coming at, say this is this year does not go as he wants. Russell Wilson is not it. They're going to kind of reshape the team around a different quarterback or whatever, whether it be via trade, whatever. Um, free agency. I, I think I could see yeah. a guy like Cortland Sutton being dealt. Um, sure. I could see a guy like Tim Patrick stepping up into back into the role we saw him have success in. Um, mm. But I, I, Jerry Judy for me is definitely the guy that I could see them. If Even if big changes came, the, the offense yeah. would be centered around him. No, you're right, because he's the one who kind of fits. And, you know, like he's not a one-on-one comparison to Michael Thomas, obviously, but he does have a very yeah. similar route tree to Michael Thomas in regards to what the Saints are going to ask as far as, you know, very horizontal passing concepts that rely on, you yes. know, precise, accurate passes from Russell Wilson, just like they did with the Brees. Um, so it'll be, you know, th- this first season will be very telling on what they ask, um, what they ask Russ to do, what they ask the wide receivers to do, uh, the tight ends being involved in some meaningful way should be something that we should see early and often. So, I mean, I'm excited. And I just want to know, you know, you know, where the you just, I guess maybe I'm just so soured from, it's like every news report that comes out of the 49ers camp is negative. And so I just want some positive, some sure. positive reports from the West coast. Back with us, Jagger. Just in time too. I know. Oh, that's a hell of a face to freeze on. Hell yeah. Maybe, 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 maybe not. Well, we'll, um, that's right. we'll give him, we'll give him a sec to catch up to speed. So what is your Andrew? What's your headline that you want to see tomorrow? <coughs> Apologies, I'm fighting allergies here. That's my headline. Um, <laughs> geez, it's bad, guys. Pollen up here. Oh, Brutal. Man. So what are you, Justin what are you... Jo- <laughs> As Justin joins the show, too. Um, no, look, I'm, mine's boring. My, my headline was pretty much right there with Jaggers. It's, as, as a Pats fan, it was all about D-Hop and, and Cook and mm. those possibilities. Um, yeah. So we might as well throw Justin to the fire here and, and ask him what his is. Right, Justin, come, come come in and lay lay the smackdown <laughs> on us. What's the headline you want to see tomorrow? The headline that I want to see tomorrow is it just strictly football or fantasy football? 
Uh, this was in place of our news segment, since there's no news. We were willing the news into existence. Is what do we want to see? Jagger talked about um, D Hop to the Pats. I talked about good vibes out of Denver. Um, Andrew, you know, piggybacked on the on the um, the Pats news. So, what do you want to see? I want to see old running backs retire. Oh no! You want him out of the mix? I want him out I of the mix. This. I don't want to think about them during drafts. That's a good Either answer. Either pick a spot or freaking yeah. retire. <laughs> like a like a group retirement. Like they all cut the ribbon at the same time. I, I, can, uh, I can wouldn't it be that. beautiful to see Zeke and Leonard Fournette right next to each other? Nice big beards. You know, mm. Zeke could have his uh, crop top off and everything, and they just sit, they ride off into the sunset on <laughs> a nice pink Cadillac together. And they're going. This to is Baja, why we California. need. This is why we need a senior tour. We need like a <laughs> senior tour for golf that the older players can segue into and get them out of the way, so that way they have a home somewhere they can go play and make some more money as they ease into retirement. They're kind of getting that way with the pro ball. That's kind of like their soft way of like introducing like football after football, right? Everybody, yeah. Everybody just tag football after that or flag football. But yeah, guys, I'm. I don't know about you guys. I am sick of it. I just want just pick a fucking team. It's almost training camp. Ezekiel Elliott. If you're going back to the Cowboys, go back to the Cowboys. Leonard Fournette. Mm. If you're going to the Broncos, go to the Broncos. Yeah, Kareem Hunt. I'm still drafting Cream Hunt because I still think there's some tread on those tires. But yeah, guess what? If he's like waiting there for like seven weeks, eight weeks, I'm gonna kind of be like, eh, maybe I should yeah, get rid no, of him. You're right. It's a huge shadow hanging over a lot of these drafts. So I, I had some alternative ones, and you guys, you know, let me know if you have any more. I had Alvin Kamara suspended or not suspended. I had Jimmy G passes physical or doesn't pass physical. Um, you could kind of go. Hey, hey, can, I do, can I do something real quick with you? Can I uh, bounce mm. off real quick? Joe mm. Mixon suspended or not suspended too? Mm, that's yeah. absolute money. Also that true. was that's so money um, because I mean these are like heavy swings, you know. And I, you got my 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 hate of Joe Mixon is well documented, but man, that's like that's a massive one. He's a top Kamara fifteen. One, you know, I, I was just doing um, I was just doing a draft with I did a mock with a uh, Dave Kluge and they were doing it on uh, fantasy and frames, and he took Kamara in the seventh round and he went on for about ninety seconds about how like that's one of the easiest picks in the board for redraft, um, especially one QB leagues. I mean, it's like you know that the way that kind of stuff is going to swing a lot of these leagues, a lot of these strategies. I mean, it's massive, massive implications. So I, I got this though. Just talking off of that real quick, if we can turn this into a quick point. What, everybody's so enamored with the getting the steal of Kamara there. Mm. Am I the only one that's like looking at this like maybe they got Jamal Williams and drafted a running back because maybe they're not so sure about his skills anymore? Like, am I the only one? Am I just like drunk here and fucking just rambling on about something like old man at the sky talking about yeah. this kind of stuff? But at the end of the day, like, when you think about it, like Jamal Williams was a touchdown hog last year, like 19 mm. scores. Like, how do you think yeah. that factors into Alvin Kamara's take at this point? I mean, are we just going to use him exclusively as a slot receiver? And then that's not even factoring in the fact that he's probably going to get a six game suspension. I mean, I think at this mm. point, the NFL has pushed it back so far, and his lawyers, yeah, beautifully have pushed it back so far <laughs> to a point where. I mean, even if, you know, this thing gets handled middle of the season, I think that there's still kind of have to, with the video evidence, kind of have to reprimand him for something. Yeah. And well, that, that's, that's, that, that, it's an interesting thing about Kamara because you look at last year, right? And I think that last year is tough because he had a pretty brutal stretch where he played some of the best, if not all of the best run defenses and front sevens in the league. You know, his horrible games came against – Baltimore, Pittsburgh, the Rams, the 49ers, and the Bucks. Horrific. If you were to take that sample out, which I know you can't do, but if you were to, he actually had some pretty damn encouraging games, averaging close to 20 attempts a game. And in the first half of the year, I mean, he was looking at like six, seven targets a game. His efficiency went down, and he's not going to be the same guy we've seen, you know, a top five, top eight, top 12 pick 
absolutely no chance. But I mean, if you're looking at like a zero RB build and you're looking for a guy that's going to catch passes, Derek Carr is an absolute check down phenom. Um, and still a guy who has some gas in the tank. I mean, I think he can be for what you ask of him to be for your team. I still think he can be a valuable asset. I just think that most people are going to expect more from him than you're going to be able to get. And I know, um, you know, Jagger did some great stuff on him, you know, earlier on this off season about him being a fade. And I mean, I think at the right price, right, wrong price, he's an absolute fade. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't know if uh, Andrew, if you've got something to add on to this. Uh, I don't have anything to add on to Kamara because I 100% agree with both of you. But we do have a very interesting question in the in the chat. Ooh, if we want to yeah. get to that before we Ooh. hit our commercial break and move on to topics, um, Kevin D comes at us. Oh, I got the wrong one. Kevin D comes at us uh, with a keeper league question. He's looking for two players to keep in his redraft league at their current draft positions. I'm going to read you off who he's got here because I know my answers already. Uh, he's got uh, in the first round. He's got DeAndre Swift. Uh, second round, C.D. Lamb. Third round, Mike Williams. Uh, fourth round, Travis Etienne. Fifth round, Adam Thielen. Sixth round, Jamar Chase. Seventh round, Kyler Murray. Eighth, A.J. Dillon. Ninth, Brandon Ayuk. Tenth, Hines. Eleven, Albert O. Twelfth, Boyd. Uh, Thirteen, Cole Komet. And fourteenth, Jared Cook. I think we could stick to, like, the top five at this point. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for me, though, it's, for me, it's fairly simple. Honestly, I, I'm keeping – because. Because you keep them at their the same draft position you draft them at, Jamar mm-hmm. Chase in the sixth and Brandon Ayuk in the ninth are, are home runs for me. This must have been a league that was established right when Chase was like drafted, right? I'm assuming so. Yeah. There's no fucking way you ever would get him in the sixth. <laughs> well, that's why you have yeah, to yeah, keep yeah. him there the sixth round. Yeah. And he uh, says he and he says he has a top six pick. Um, yeah, so that's no that I mean that all checks out pretty added. Pretty um, sure I, 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 I like, back all that. Yeah, in. the answer is. Didn't quite. Get yeah, that. I was gonna say the answer. Saying? Like to me, the answer is CD and Jamar Chase. It's not even. Uh, CD fell is the only one I'd take over. I was gonna say I the do. answer is yeah, CD I mean, and Jamar Chase. Are, those are top. I mean, you're you're, you're having top <laughs> three to five wide receiver assets at the minimum over the next five years um i love iuk um and i think he's a clear third um but you're looking at you know you, you've just got all the unpredictability of the 49ers um i i i back that up so i actually back up andrews because yeah. you're looking at six and seven here which means that you're getting picks one through five which probably a lot of these guys aren't going to be getting so you can start pillaging from their players at that point and if you're starting off at one six instead of you know, because I think you said CD was a third, right? Uh, CD was a second round pick. See, that's even better for me because at yeah. that point, Jamar Chase justifies the CD or the CD Lamb right there, and then Brandon Ayuk, in my opinion, is got bigger and better things coming for him in that San Francisco offense. I really do think Debo's role is becoming defunct in it. So. If I were looking at that, I'd be getting my locked-in wide receiver one and a damn good wide receiver two, and then I can just build on that. Whereas some of these other guys might be wholly on to Christian McCaffrey with their first rounder, and they're not getting that first round pick. So that's how I'm looking at it from the keeper. Aspect. So is the implication there that you think that Ayuk can be what CD is? Uh, I mean, I don't think he could. Yeah. Listen, listen. The implication mm-hmm. is that I think he can at least match some of the level of what he can do. I'm expecting yeah. Jamar Chase to be what C.D. Lamb is, but at a mu- at four rounds later. Sure. And then yeah. Brandon, yeah, I, Brandon I, mean, is, I think he's going to take a right. step up into that top 24 at least this year. Yeah. And that's, for me, getting a seventh-round pick out of that and still having the ability to go and get the one through five, all those picks. Mm-hmm. That's the strategy right there, getting those guys that you can get later. Like, like if this guy had gotten Jefferson at six and Chase at seven, which was very likely back in the day, that would have been fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. That would have been amazing. There would be no questions here. And see, um, I, I'll, I'll have a small rebuttal to Justin. And it's not like – it's not that his is wrong. I, I get his opinion. I think Brandon Ayuk could – 
can take that leap as well. Like, like, like me and Justin are the two biggest Ayuk stands, I think, right, like right now. So, so I like I'm all in. But hear me out. Here's why I wouldn't take that risk because, like, uh, because this is a keeper league, and this is more about you knowing your league at this point. Who are you actually going to be able to dr- to draft um, at? At like at the first pick, that's going to be worth more than CD Lamb. And if and at that point, like if if I can get a high upside position, let's say if I can get someone like Jalen Hurts or like uh, I'm assuming this is one QB, like 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 you can get Jalen Hurts or if, if someone's even going to drop Travis Kelsey, then you basically got the makings of the perfect ZRB. Um, I'm thinking ETN or Lamb. So I, I would take I, the fourth I, round is a little volatile for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll, don't do that, we'll bud. ETN in the fourth. Yeah, yeah. That's a little bit much. Let me finish. Cause I'm literally telling you to yeah. do a ZRB. We're, we're, we're all telling you to do a ZRB. <laughs> we're all <laughs> telling you to do ZRB, but the, the way it's the way that we're telling you to do it is, is the thing. So like, if mm-hmm. you feel like you can get someone really good with that second pick, um, or, or someone really good with the first pick, then you can wait on, on and get Ayuk. But if not, I'm taking seeding Lamb, so I know I have two elites. So that was a fun mm-hmm. one. Uh, keeper leagues are kind of fun. I don't know. I don't do them. I I, I know yeah. why because I also I, I I also have have not been in one, uh, but I give a lot of advice on them. So I'll go yeah. fuck myself eventually. It all comes down to the yeah. value. That's what you're gonna be looking at. Value of yeah, because it's like you know you, I, we're all waiting for Kyle Shanahan to get back to that like hardcore X wide receiver like Julio and Andre Johnson. Um, the, and Braylon Edwards, you know, his best year, you know, when you just staples of his offense, you know, guys that just get that. And I think Ayuk is the most talented receiver he's had since he's been in San Francisco. So, you know, you'd like to see him kind of, you know, return to what his most successful offenses have been, especially, you know, with George Kittle, you know, pushing his age and Debo coming back down to earth a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd still side with the CD on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yep. Well, um, uh, any more questions like that? Don't be afraid to drop those in the chat, folks. Um, we're going to pay some bills and then we're going to talk, uh, some zero RB and hero RB strategy. So Kevin, you actually had a, a, a very, uh, apt question. Uh, we'll talk, we'll talk about that next folks. Fantasy sports corp and underdog fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with best ball. What is best ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team and underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code TSSDynasty to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl. girl. Quick follow-up, Jagger, to make you salivate a little bit just to to end that question we just had. Because he doesn't know what pick – Kevin doesn't know what pick he's getting in the top six. Yeah, he just knows it's a top six pick. He's saying, imagine if we got the first and got Justin Jefferson and then kept CD and um, uh, Chase. Just if you get just the just... if you get the first pick, do Justin strategy. Then do Justin strategy. Like like like, don't get CD at that point. If you yeah, can get Justin Jefferson, get yeah, get Chase Jefferson and Ayuk. Feel really fucking good, bro. And then yeah. the second round, you're getting best available at that point. You just want you're just doing best available at that point. So like like you're you're looking for Kelsey if you can keep him or or, or a really top uh, a QB, um, and again, perfect segue for that question is because we're talking zero versus hero running back strategy. Um, I was talking to my buddy Chris Miles. He's a writer over at DFF. Um, he's also going to be a part of the Dynasty Cup along with some other guys. Um, uh, and we were talking that zero, that zero R, or excuse me, hero RB is the optimal move this year for for just roster build in general. No matter what you're doing, having a having a, uh, at least a hero RB build is probably uh, optimal because like 
Like, I guess you gotta you gotta think about at this point. We only have a couple of running backs that are gonna give you like super week to week high upside, and then the rest are arguably replaceable. Does anyone argue that that um, I guess philosophy is is the word I'm looking for? No, I don't know how you could honestly with like all of the information that has been. Especially, I mean, I feel like honestly in the last like twelve months, it has been well well documented it just depends because it depends on you know if you're talking about for this year especially i'm seeing that that pendulum be swung to the point of exhaustion to where you're actually seeing some unbelievable opportunities in less hero rb builds and in, in not not necessarily robust but just you know a more balanced team when you look at uh the unpredictability and the inconsistency in the wide receiver market from those mid to late rounds um, so it's just going to depend on your board, you know, just like anything, you can't go in with a set strategy. You have to be flexible and fluid. Um, if the strategy, you know, if the strategy works, you know, it's going to work because there's a premium on the positions that, you know, you're grabbing, uh, not because you're forcing the 11th best wide receiver over the potentially third best running back. Like that's where you start to get lost in the weeds a little bit. Yeah, and I don't disagree with zero running back. I just never had the stomach to play it, to, to put it into action myself because I panic too much uh, once I start to yeah. try to go that way. And the, and the reason why I panic is because um, the, the one thing with zero running back I struggle with is, for me, zero running back would look like the majority of my bench would be running backs that I can then cycle through, whether it's a uh, matchup or circumstance. Um reasons see who i'm going to start uh so the idea that i have three or however many wide receivers you're starting top end wide receivers and top end quarterbacks i mean if one of those just get hurt or doesn't show up the way you hope then that's where i that's you, you gotta hit that's the thing zero running back you gotta hit at the other positions mm-hmm. and that's where i panic yeah and and that and that's what uh, justin's uh, yeah, that that for for me, you got to hit, and that's why I don't like to take risks. Like, uh, and that's kind of what like I alluded to that earlier when we were talking about the um, uh, that that recent keeper question. That's why I would go CD Lamb because CD Lamb's already been that guy. You know, like we know Brandon Ayuk is that guy, but we don't know if the 49ers are going to let Ayuk be that guy, if that makes sense. Fair. Right now, like CD Lamb, it's all there, so I'd rather just bet on that. So it. Like, like that's why you don't play around when it comes to like the ZRB strategy. Like, like, like for me, I'm not walking out unless I got Jalen Hurts or like a stud QB, like, like Rusher or Lamar Jackson or someone who's going to give me truly elite upside. And that this, like, again, brings us to our point of like, like Chuck, you said this about being flexible. I go into every draft thinking I'm going to do a hero RB strategy and then I'll mm-hmm. let the board work for me. You know, like so. Let's just talk about some targets right now, and 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 uh, we'll use we'll use keep trade cut to talk about uh, uh to to kind of go through the all the rankings and see guys that we like mm-hmm. and where we kind of are going to cut off. Like you're officially out of the hero sure. strategy. Um, obviously, B. John Robinson, it, he's a hero of all heroes. You know, like he's a, he's a hero of all mm-hmm. heroes. So that's the guy that I'm going to try to get. I probably never will get Bijan Robinson because of the way that I draft. I will target wide receivers, and we'll talk about wide receivers later. So, like, and we can just move past that one. No one's going to say don't draft Bijan Robinson on this podcast. Yeah. Now, here's where it does get interesting at this point is uh, Brees Hall. You know, because, like, in a vacuum for Dynasty, I think, like, uh, Brees Hall is the perfect hero running back to get right now. And he's a guy that I try to target because he's fallen due to injury. You know, I I just think that some people get a little too excited about what coaching staffs and coach speak are saying in the offseason and about how good that he's actually going to be at at the beginning of the season. Are any of you guys worried about this? We'll start with you, Justin. Oh, of course. I mean, anytime somebody's coming off a major injury like that, how can you not be worried about it? Um, so, yeah, I mean, Brees Hall being your hero RB, you know, it, it comes with its risks and its, you know, its benefits. The benefit is obviously you've gone through about two to three rounds of collecting good wide receivers or a good tight end or, 
you know, what, whatever the build is, you know, like you get a quarterback, a wide receiver or a quarterback, two wide receivers, you get what I'm saying. And then you go out and you get that guy and has all the talent in the world to pay off and be a running back one, like the running back one. But the glaring um, thing with him right now is how is he going to come back and play? There's plenty of history that tells us that when these guys come back after their ACLs, they don't actually come back and play at their highest level for, you know, the first year. Sometimes you get, you know, a little gem like uh, J.K. Dobbins who makes it through most of the year looking terrible and kind of comes and pulls it all together at the end. But reality is, is most of the time these guys just don't have the legs underneath him just yet to be that fantasy factor right away. So that's why I kind of steer away from guys who have major surgeries like that. You know, even Saquon Barkley, when he first came back, did not have a great season. It was just, that's what it was. That was kind of like the downfall. A lot of people started to go, oh, this is the end of Saquon. And then he pulled it out in year two, and he had a magnificent back-to-Saquon rookie year type year. So it's one of those things where if you're in a redraft right now, you're in Scott Fishball, I'm not looking for Brees Hall to be my hero RB. See, I, I will at the value to your point, Jagger, just because I think the key difference in, in your argument with Saquon Barkley is that at that time, because of the state of Daniel Jones – and the rest of that offense, they needed Saquon Barkley to be something he wasn't ready to be. I think with the what the Jets have done with the moves they've made on offense between Aaron Rodgers and the other weapons they've brought in in the receiving core, they're not going to need Brees Hall like they needed him last year to be this stud running back right off the back because they needed someone to carry Zach Wilson in the backfield. One thing Wilson. Aaron Rodgers, even if he's not dedicated to being the same produce, producer he used to be, he can still – feel and manage a backfield, I think, with his veteran presence to where he's going to put Hall in more favorable situations, I think. Well, so then that means he's going to get less opportunities. No, so... Yes, realistically. Yes, a little. Yes, a little, so less, so opportunities. less opportunities in the middle of the field, I think equal opportunities, if not more, in meaningful areas in the red zone or within the five or ten. I could see that happening. For sure. For sure, and I guess where where I'm at with Brees Hall, well, uh, I don't like to I don't like to chase handcuffs, you know, if that makes mm. sense. Like, like I don't like I don't I don't like to chase things because like you're kind of depending on something, then you're going to end up reaching and missing on value because your laser pointed. But in this yeah. case, and especially what we expect the, the Jets' offense to be, I would definitely try to pick up like like one like I would try to get Michael Carter. I would try to get Zonovan Knight onto my yeah. roster. They're, they don't they're not going to cost you much of anything. So and if if I were to use this strategy, I would definitely want a little bit stronger <laughs> RB two. Um, yeah going forward and and kevin d um wants to talk about travis ctn and this is a good time to bring up uh i don't for i don't for the purpose of this segment here my thoughts on travis ctn is he's not a hero rb right now like i mm-hmm. think we've seen i think we've seen travis ctn at his ceiling i think he could be a steady producer and he's a guy that i would try to trade for as like a high-end rb2 on my team but because there's guys like Tank Bigsby who I'm targeting for my ZRB guys that I was going to bring up later, mm-hmm. that like like that's the guy that I want then. Like I would rather have Brees Hall and then get Tank Bigsby later. Or like let's actually look at uh, who, who's in Travis uh, Etienne's range. If if I could get if I could get a uh, Jameer Gibbs, that's another one, especially in Dynasty. For a hero build, that's what I'm trying to shoot for every time. Like, like that, like that. That'd be ideal scenario to walk away with two good receivers, a top quarterback, and Jameer Gibbs. So those are other guys that I would just rather have at that range, where I really feel like their range of outcome cannot just be like an RB one per se, but like a top five overall fantasy running back. You know, like like a real point score. We're talking like. Like like low end Christian McCaffrey numbers, what are like which is high end fantasy upside if you really think about that. So yeah, this is this is yeah. where I have to jump in and say that I would punt this shit so fucking far down the road. It's not even <laughs> funny. Um, 
running back is not only can, is not only being devalued faster than the U.S. dollar, but it's far and away the easiest position to acquire, especially in dynasty. People are ready to get off these guys, and they're ready to get off of them earlier than their value equates to. Um, you could, I mean, you talk about last year. I mean, Josh Jacobs pre last year was an easy trade target. Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb. People are anticipating the decline sooner than the decline is coming. And they might wise up to that at some point in the community. I love Brees Hall, and I think that's exactly the guy you're looking for, right? If you can target him in a zero RB startup, you're talking about a guy with top five upside that has a nice four-year window. But that is the window, and it's really not any more than that. Um, You know, like McCaffrey, we're in the McCaffrey era right now and the Equa era right now. Um, I don't think these guys are common. I think that they're trend. I think they're trend buckers. And I don't think you're going to, you can't expect this out of the top guys coming out of the NFL draft. I don't expect that out of Bijan, Bijan, um, especially where he's gone and what that team values now do. I might not be the wiser for that if they decide to pivot in some meaningful way. But I mean, if you, you you know, this position, it's so easy to crack the top 10 with guys that you wouldn't expect that I would just lean so far heavily into the zero RB strategy for dynasty and just absolutely rock it all the way. And to be honest, like you said, the punt, like Ramonje is another guy that I, I would like to roster mm-hmm. if I can, you yep. know, but after that, like you want to talk about an awesome, like if you want to do a hero RB, someone who's awesome, Derrick Henry, man, like, like Derrick Henry yeah. is so cheap, especially for dynasty right now. That you can you could fade running back and then pull Derrick Henry and then you can have a relatively young roster that is that you're gonna send Derrick Henry off to the sunset and like I, I like that now like Derrick Henry's cost is like a low end like a low end first maybe a high mm-hmm. second will get it done and I'm willing to pay that if I could compete so we'll move on um, for the sake of time and we'll talk mm-hmm. about wide receiver depth. And um, what kind of sparked this for me about uh, not just the running back conversation was actually wide receivers, you know, because they're going to take up a lot of our roster space on here. So um, how deep actually is wide receiver and like where the fall off is from like a wide receiver one to like a wide receiver two. And then when you talk about someone who can just, who could just get in the top 24, we can just get in the top 24. I think that's incredibly replaceable when you think about players like Zay Jones or whatnot and what they've done. I don't think it's that hard to get a top 24 wide receiver. So when you're doing a strategy to fade someone like this, that's why you need to get the Jamar chases, the the Jefferson's AJ Browns, the guys that you know that are going to give you not just squeaking into the top 12, they're going to get you top five points every week. So it's a pull like, you know, Zach Charbonnet might maybe only giving you 10 points or something like that. So I'm really you glad guys, you said that. You, you really hammered – like you really – I don't mean to jump in real quick, but you really cannot overemphasize how important no, it is that you have that you have those flagpole guys mm-hmm. because I don't think you can do that with an Amon Ra St. Brown. I don't think you can do that with, from what I expect personally short-term, out of A.J. Brown. I don't think that those are the kind of guys that you're going to be looking week in, week out from a target yep. and yardage perspective long term. It's got to be those upper, upper elite A-plus tier guys or the guys that we all commonly agree are going to be those guys. Um, that is so crucial when it comes to this yep. stuff. Yeah. But like, like um, this was actually kind of a theme last season when we were talking about going to ZRB. That like, you know, it was like the hot topic. It's like, like you have to do it right. You can't just get like you can't just get DeAndre Hopkins because you because you like him. You need to get studs. You need to get mm-hmm. studs. There's just like I'm not even. I was gonna pull up stats, but like the guys that we're talking about, you know, are studs. Like like Jamar Chase, stud. Uh, mm-hmm. CD Lamb, that's a questionable stud at that point. I'd rather mm-hmm. have AJ Brown, I think. Um, that's and then after that, you know, it, th- that's where start. Oh, what AJ, AJ Brown or um, yeah, that's where yeah, another show you, that could be, you don't want to do a whole show on that. <laughs> you don't want to be doing these builds <laughs> with Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, and Mike Evans yeah. and uh, Antonio Brown just mm-hmm. for fun, you know, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, uh, and I guess the point of here is like, where does it stop? And we've kind of already said it. Like we, we already know, like mm -hmm. when I get to Garrett Wilson, that's where I want to stop. And, and, and yeah. to be honest, the builds that I've been making, especially like in like the Scott fish format or the, uh, the, the basically one start QB stuff is like, like getting Garrett Wilson as my wide receiver two feels a lot better than having him as my wide receiver one. And, sure. and, and the, the real conversation that I, I, that I, I want to have is like Garrett Wilson versus CD lamb versus AJ Brown, because if it is like full point PPR, I think Garrett Wilson is the guy for me. If I think about how Roger plays, Rogers plays and how mm -hmm. he's going to fit into an offense. But if it's half point PPR, AJ Brown's got to be the guy, right? And I know it's just half a point, but it's the touchdown upside, the big play upside, the chunk yardage, you know, they're different. They're almost different kinds of players. And so like, you're, that, you're, that's you're where right the conversation goes. I, 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 hit, I hit the A.J. Brown thing specifically because I was looking at his stats today and the dude makes his living off of, you know, down the field contested catches and, and touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to read off five receptions, five receptions, three receptions, three receptions, four receptions, one receptions, four receptions, four receptions, four receptions, six receptions. This is just from last year. This was the wide receiver six. I mean, like this guy is teetering on the edge, and we all we all consensusly believe that Devonta Smith is on the come up. So, what do you think is about to happen there? You know, it's it's a tricky way to read what you expect from these guys. It's a fun, it's a fun, 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 fun. Um, well, we'll continue. That's actually a great thing to talk about too. Mm -hmm. Solid wide receiver twos that have that wide receiver one potential. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. talking Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith. T. Higgins has been the darling for that forever, it seems mm -hmm. like. And he's never, in my opinion, reached the heights that Waddle or Smith reached last year. He's just never been that that great. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a talented guy. I'm saying that fantasy-wise, statistically-wise, he's just never been as good as Smith or Waddle were last year. And you were just talking about A.J. Brown. Let me talk to you about another guy who makes his money downfield, Jamar Chase. Like, are you are you going to say no to Jamar Chase? No, nobody's going to say fucking no to Jamar Chase. That's how he makes his bread and butter is going deep downfield. I mean, this guy in 2021, his yards per reception were 18. 2022 yeah. is 12. He only and, has – Yes, I was hoping you were going to include those 2022 numbers because it comes down to earth a little yeah. bit. It does yeah. come down to earth a little bit, but it's still fucking insane. Mm. I mean, sure, maybe they ran him a little bit shorter, but he's still making his bread and butter downfield. Mm. Um, I'm going to pause this right here, folks, to pay some bills, and then we'll come back and finish out with the rest of our wide receiver talk. Jazz, sportsbook, casino, and racebook. The world's best resource for all-purpose online wagering. For over 20 years, Jazz has provided the best and quickest payouts in sports and entertainment wagers. Live sports betting, covering all the major sports leagues, and even into the new and exciting world of esports. Down the stretch you'll come, with Jazz's online horse wagering. Get paid when you play with Jazz's fun and exciting online casino games. Go online now and use the promo code TSS for our new, members deals. Jazz Sportsbook, Casino, and Racebook, the world's best resource for online wagering. What Justin was going to say, because like he was in some good points. The only thing I was going to argue with is uh, it's not even downfield sometimes. A.J. Brown and Jamar Chase, they're the type of dudes that will take a slant to the house. Like Terrell Owens on there. Yeah. Like they, All they need is like a little bit of wiggle room. So, and like we'll talk a little bit later about like the dynasty cut. That's kind of why I wanted to uh, change the scoring to still have full point PPR, but these big play guys, you know, like change the scoring for all these passing bonuses and stuff like yeah. that, you know, like to offer a little bit of, of, of uh, difference in there. Cause like AJ Brown in that format might be like a, like a wide receiver three, if you really think about it, because like mm -hmm. he, he puts up such huge plays. Jalen Waddle is where it gets shaky for me. He's one. I feel amazing as my wide receiver too. my wide receiver. 
for one, I don't feel as great. And, yeah. and then we're getting into like Chris Olave, which is again, oh, like to me, I feel like is like a high end wide receiver too. Justin, tap in. Skip, mm-hmm. skip. Come on, give me, one, give me something here, real quick. Mm-hmm. If, if you were to do a serious mm-hmm. hero RB and you were to take an RB1, let's say it's, uh, let's say you want to get Jiggy with it, you want to get Chris McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley, and then you go out and you get next pick. You get Waddle, and then the next pick you either get Devonta Smith or Chris Olave. Are you okay with the idea of two guys that would be very solid wide receiver twos being your one and your two? And you know that these guys, Jalen Waddle, you know has got to be the, the wide receiver one in two years, and you know Chris Olave is the wide receiver one on his team currently. Are you okay with that, Bill? Um, when you getting one of the top five guys, but getting a like locked in um, running back. Five yeah. Go ahead. Now leave your hair. When, when you put it like that, that sounds pretty good. It it sounds pretty good when you put it like that. You know, like especially especially if I'm in like a one a one QB league, which I hate. But uh, like if uh, like a, if I'm doing like an underdog draft, especially, I don't hate that at all. Like like I said, that's a very compelling argument. Very compelling argument when you put it like that. Um, now let's, let's talk, let's talk later rounds. Let's talk about guys that, that I see people settle for, um, dynasty. It's a little bit different. Stefan Diggs is someone who's falling. It's cause he's old as shit at this point now for dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, and another guy, DK Metcalf, like, is he a wide receiver one or is he like a super high end wide receiver two? Cause it's like, it's like one of those things where like, is he technically a wide receiver one? Like, yeah, but like, mm. you don't ever, like, you want to talk about not feeling good. That's like, you know, going to like your fifth choice college, you know? It's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're a, I'm, a, I'm a legacy, but it's not the side of the family I'm proud of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know what you mean. <laughs> no, man, that's uh, no, DK. DK is like the toughest one. He's one of the toughest guys on the board to look at and evaluate. Um, just because I don't, he's just. He, what he brings to the table feels so replaceable, and yet they don't really have that to replace him right now. Combined with the quarterback, you know, there's there's a certain cap on the offense and the quarterback there in the next three to five years. It's not like somebody like, you know, Mike Williams got a nice fat contract, right? Well, he's attached to Justin Herbert for God knows how long, however he decides to play out his career. That's beautiful, and you can hold on to that. Uh, DK Metcalf, I mean, but he still is, he still is the alpha there. He's still the one, he's the guy who's not going to be pulled off the field when it, when they split down from three wide receiver sets to, you know, two wide receiver sets, massive red zone target, just, uh, you know, it's how much the, the reason you, I imagine you brought him up is because how much separation is there between him and the second wide receiver and the third wide receiver on the depth chart which is not a question you can ask about. I don't think any other wide receiver group in the league, this is a really unprecedented situation. So uh, I'd love to hear what you guys think about it because it has me all twisted. Every year, Tyler Lockett is like, like it, it, no matter what, it, even if it's like in, end of season, you know, the, whether you use total points or points mm-hmm. of a game, Tyler Lockett is like three or four slots behind mm-hmm. DK Metcalf. And you drafted him – like six rounds later than DK Metcalf. Like, it, and, and I know from like the dynasty trade market, I had one share of DK Metcalf where I was pairing him. Granted, this was like a Devi league. So first mm-hmm. they mean a lot, but they don't at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. like they, they mean like significantly less. I'm trying to pair him with like a first to go get Garrett Wilson. And, and I get rejected, yeah. you know, like, and, and I think even in one league, it was straight dynasty and someone didn't want to do that for Garrett Wilson. Yeah, so I mean, no, it's just a, like it, hmm. I, I think we should consider that DK. I think we should I'll show you guys something DK interesting here. At least in spirit, a wide receiver too. Go ahead. Can can you guys so pop this up on screen? So this is a mock I just did with some guys at Fantasy and Frames. Now this is redraft, but it does. The only reason I brought this up is because you look at the three squad, right? That's Andrew Cooper. That's one of our boys. He took DK Metcalf in the third round, and he took him over a bunch of other guys that we all absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna put that back up. 
he took him over a bunch of guys that you probably would not expect him to go over. And that's not even considering just a running back position. You're looking at that third squad. There is what I'm talking about. Um, and he, you know, he, he didn't say anything other than, you know, what we're talking about right now, but I think that this is kind of like, um, what's the term I'm looking for? This is the ultimate, like, ah, what's the term? God damn it, guys. The drinks are hitting me right now. What's the term for uh, something that splits people both ways? Not a penis. Um, uh, pol- <laughs> polarizing. <laughs> polarizing. Thank you. God, I couldn't think of it. I couldn't think of it. Polarizing. Um, I'm shocked to see what some – there's some very, you know, trustworthy members of the community, uh, you know, guys whose opinions I take very seriously that absolutely love him in the short term, which means you should like him in the long term. Um, see, I see, just big, don't know how I feel. The glaring one here to me that that – because I have I have DK Metcalf very closely ranked. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. I have him behind DJ Moore. I ha- I'm high on DJ Moore this year. To, and if I could get DJ Moore two rounds later behind Metcalf, mm-hmm. now I'm not sure I would want DJ Moore as my number one. Mm-hmm. I also probably wouldn't have done the same build. So I mean, there's that argument too. Is, does Moore feel like a one? So this is unusual no, to me because this this is unusual to me, and I'd like to know what you say about after this. I do not see DK Metcalf go before Cooper, Keener, Nell, and Hopkins, Ridley, and usually McLaurin. Um, yeah. So I don't know how you guys feel about that in particular, but I mean, this was this was a shocking pick to me. Uh, yeah, to be really honest, be Coop, uh, Coop's build is the antithesis of what I try to do. So, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, I just told you guys, I like. I, I, I like zero to hero RB. I like 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 robust wide receivers, and I don't mm-hmm. like to take chances. This is the opposite of that. It is robust running back, and it is a lot of ifs, ands, and buts. Like in my yeah. opinion, like like Christian McCaffrey, we all know what he can do. Um, Tony Pollard, I I have questions about the entire Cowboys offense going forward. So yeah. like they're a whole fade to me. And then like DK Metcalf, that's an if. Joe Burrow, you don't have like Joe Burrow's upside is like the QB five. Let's be honest, because he doesn't have rushing upside depending on your scoring format. And then you have Drake London. You're you're counting on Desmond Ritter to be the guy at that point. Chris Rashad White. We, we're hoping that he's going to take a step forward and then be a bell cow. Then you then you're going to move down to Christian Kirk. We know what he is. He's a clear wide receiver too. And then Michael Thomas. You're hoping that he is anybody. You're hoping he can even like play like five mm. moves, you know. And then again, you got two rookie like like you got two rookie tight ends or not? Well, Chig isn't. It's ish. Just, yeah. yeah, ish. Yeah, ish. Uh, it's just I don't know that he's he's betting on a lot. He's betting on a lot. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, it, I would swap out two picks here that would make me feel and you because you nailed on both of the spots. I'm about to, to call it. The two picks I would switch here that would make me feel so much better about this team is if instead of taking Pollard in the second, taking T. Higgins there, um, mm-hmm. and then say you still took DK Metcalf as your number two with the next round. Mm-hmm. Fine, I can get behind that. I can still get behind all the way down to, you know, say, um, hell, say replace Michael Thomas. Oh, not Michael Thomas. Sorry, um, I just lost his shit. Replace the Drake London pick with mm-hmm. either Madison or Sanders, and I feel a lot better with that that build. So it would be McCaffrey, Higgins, Metcalf, Burrow, and then say Sanders. I like Sanders better than Madison. Justin, I know you're chomping at the bit there. I agree with Andrew. I would create a couple bits here. Mm-hmm. Go Lava instead of Pollard. That's yeah. fine. Like I was just saying, Higgins is like one of those guys that you want to be like Devontae Smith, but he's so my the 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 Metcalf was a big part of why I wanted to pull this up, but I was thinking about this earlier mainly because what do you guys think about my start? Um, and because I think that's a tie in to what we're talking about, right? As far as like the kind of wide receivers you can get and the kind of running backs you may or may not. Now, this is redraft, honestly, so it's a little bit of a different animal, but just as far as you know, and you guys don't have to comment on it like in in depth but you know like is that an idea my hand before i jerk you off over here (laughs) yeah i was about to say i can grab some jergens out of the bathroom before we start because i was gonna say man like you know what you know i like this you know i like this (laughs) 
Like, 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 like you got you got like four guys that are set it and forget it wide receivers, and, and like you know, like you almost know one of these guys are going to finish top five or something. You, two of them are going to finish top twelve, and then you you faded QB. You know, you waited. You're like, okay, I didn't get Allen, I didn't get Jackson, I didn't get the high end guys. So what did you do at that point? You got Anthony Richardson. Because you know that Anthony Richardson doesn't have to be good to be fantasy good. Like, like it, that's, it's just plain and simple. You know, like, it, it's artistry, Chuck. It's artistry. I would take this team 10 times out of 10. Can I just say this right now? Is D-Hop going at 4-10 right there? He's, he's um, still going fairly high. You're seeing you're you're seeing a lot of variability in him in him and Cook and Kamara. Just depends on the people in the draft. Some people are baking it in already that he's signing with a team that's going to target him. Other yeah. people are fading. I've seen him go as late as the seventh round. Um, it's it, it's bananas. It's like it's like when Aaron Jones and Devonta Adams, you know, were all over the place. Depending on if Rogers was going to retire, you know, it's you can't you can't take a whole lot of that. At, uh, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt. So, no, what disgusts me as I get all that, but what disgusts me is that we're talking about the Patriots and the Titans being his only viable destinations right now, and people still want to give a fourth-round pick for this motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, dude. You're not – you're preaching to the choir. Like I said, D – like, it's hard for me. Like, I got to – I have to, like, look in the mirror and say redraft, like, five times like I'm trying to summon fucking Candyman so I can hit the button on Stefan Dix because he's too old. You know? He's in, like, a way better situation. And then people are drafting DeAndre Hopkins with, like, the fourth round. You will (laughs) see DeAndre Hopkins on my team in the fifth round if he goes to the Patriots. Uh, I was talking talking to Jaguars. What if he goes to the Titans? <laughs> Still taking Burks, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was talking yeah. to Dragon before, before the show started. I just did a best ball early where I, I actually took a chance and took D-Hop in best ball, which feels a little bit better taking those. I took him in the fifth round in best ball. But that mm-hmm. but because it's best ball format, that risk feels a lot safer to me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because you like don't have to it. actually put him in your lineup. If he does well, then exactly. he'll get in the lineup. But um, we'll, end it, we'll end it right there, folks. Um, again, next week we'll talk uh, a little bit more. We had to cut the show sheet a little short. short. We're going to talk about make or break players, and we mm-hmm. can talk more about DJ Moore and Justin Fields, Brandon Ayuk, Mac Jones, Swift, players like that and what you should do with them. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the Dynasty Cup, and we'll announce our lineup of our, our first two uh, our first two drafts of our first two divisions. Um, as always, like, subscribe. Make sure if you're on Spotify or Apple, leave a review. It helps us. It helps more people listen to us. It helps us make money. Use our TSS codes. And then follow us on Twitter. You can catch me at Fantasy Blue Chip. Uh, Justin Herrera at SimtexMex93. And Andrew Loduke at Real Mr. Mallard. And Chuck Bass FF. We'll see you next week, folks.